Hey everybody, Zapper here. It is uh, time to talk about Hollywood here on uh, Down with the Wokeness. And um, I've been looking forward to this because I, I have a, a number of people uh, inside of uh, Hollywood film and TV who I know very well uh, who are, uh, let's say, right of center. And uh, in fact, there are entire departments, something people don't talk about very often. There are entire departments in Hollywood that are right of center. You look at, you know, and departments, just so everyone knows, you know, an example of a department. There's a camera department. You know, the cinematographer, the person that runs the camera um, is kind of the head creative of that. But there's a whole team that exist in each department to try to execute the needs of a movie or a TV show. So, but there, some of these departments are uh, in areas that are extremely conservative and in Hollywood, maybe it's just slightly conservative, but um, you know, you look at departments like the construction department, when you build a set in, you know, on, on a, a stage um, at, you know, a studio, Disney or, or Warner Brothers um, or Fox, you know, they have these big uh, sound stages, I guess, where they construct the sets. Sometimes it's an entire house. Sometimes it's an apartment. Uh, sometimes it's something else, you know, hospital or a police station or something. Well, all of those walls have to be built. And part of the idea is, you know, you can move some of those walls out of the way if you need to get a shot from a certain angle. Okay, let's take off this wall so that we um, can easily get in there with the camera or get the lighting we need or whatever. Um, and so you can easily just kind of roll away some of those walls from a, a set like that that's built. But my point is construction is often very conservative. The actual people building the sets that Hollywood uses for its entertainment and its propaganda is uh, th these are often conservatives. Now, there's other departments like this. You know, finance tends to be very conservative um, versus something like the art department, which will tend to be much, much, much more liberal. Um, and it kind of makes sense, right? You can see how a lot of the cultural influences um, align in certain areas. Um, it, it's very, uh, you know, people who like the order and the organization are, are going to tend toward uh, areas that are more mathematical. Uh, they have some, some hierarchy involved, some system in place versus people that are extremely artistic are going to tend toward a more abstract, let's try everything and see whatever works and, and let's factor in beauty as part of this also. And, you know, these abstract ideas. Now, the truth is we need both of those. We need both of those roles in society. We don't want to live in a society that is just pure order, but we also don't want to live in a society that is just pure art. Um, and I use art as a stand-in that it's, it's a euphemism for um, really chaos because art comes out of the chaotic and the unexpected, it's the reason that art hits you the way it does is because all of a sudden there's something beautiful that was unexpected versus, you know, if you expected 
everything everywhere you went. It'd be like walking through, you know, a uh, a, a grocery store. You know, I, I guess there's some beauty in the layout of a grocery store, but it's 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 functional. It's there to function, you know, and any beauty that comes out of the organization of that comes out of its function. This is set up in a beautiful way because it, you know, is trying to achieve some function. Well, it's different. If you're talking about a piece of art that's on the wall, there is no function except to look pretty uh, or or evoke a certain emotion. So um, when an art department on a TV show or a movie is coming up with a look for something, you know, they design everything. Um, it's it's uh, not just the set that construction is going to go make, but it's also Every color that's used, the a lot of times it's the furniture and it's everything that's on a wall and it's the lamps and lights and the carpet or the hardwood or whatever it is. All of those that create the atmosphere of the inside of of a building or a room. Plus, a lot of time it's also the outside. Anytime they construct something for the outside on bigger movies, they tend to have big sets that uh, need to be constructed. Great example, um, on The Dark Knight, they constructed an entire hospital, or at least the outside of a hospital, so that Heath Ledger's Joker could blow it up in one scene. And uh, and it didn't work when they were actually rolling on it, and Heath Ledger had this great improvised moment where uh, you know he kind of fiddles with the little uh, – the, the trigger, the button that's in his hands that's supposed to blow it up. And uh, sure, you know, it's a good thing they were rolling because they got a great take of um, of the Joker basically realizing it wasn't working, clicking the button a few times, and then it blowing up. And they continued that shot. So it was actually, that was improvised, which is is um, is is great. But, um, but I would be willing to say that Hollywood in the last 20 years, probably at least 15 years has tended and trended toward the ultra left on a lot of different issues. You know, five years ago already, we were talking about La La Land at the Oscars and Oscars so white. And, you know, there was that controversy controversy where they announced La La Land, but the winner was actually Moonlight, um, which is a, story about a African-American son of a drug dealer who is gay and trying to find love. And, you know, it's the recipe for the term Oscar bait, uh, which, you know, we'll get into that too in just a minute. What I want to talk about today is about the imbalance in Hollywood because it's extremely rare that you ever see some idea that is not very left to extremely left in mainstream Hollywood movies. What's the reason for that? Well, you know, a big part of that is this is a pocket of the United States where liberals have come to congregate. Uh, it, it is something that's built around an art form. It's also a business, but it's an art form. So a lot of those people have come about. The most vocal people in this industry of Hollywood are generally actors. So these are people who are encouraged to um, 
are, they're constantly appreciated for playing the role of someone else. And as soon as that role is over, they go do talk shows and have very little to offer David Letterman uh, or, you know, Seth Meyers. Um, I guess David Letterman is not even on anymore. Um, it shows how long late night's been irrelevant. But when they go on their press junkets, it's very difficult to find things to talk about other than, oh, it was great working on this film. You know, on this one part of the film, I got to experience playing this type of character, blah, 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 blah. Okay, you get the idea of that. That's what an actor's expertise is. Instead, what they're asked about are pop culture things. You know, what do you think about such and such new album? What do you think about Donald T? I'm trying to avoid saying the name. Um, and you end up with these actors whose next job is dependent on them bowing to the whims of the rest of the industry. So no actors are ever courageous enough to say, I don't think T is so bad. I don't think he's so bad. He's not, it doesn't seem like Hitler to me. You know, if, if Brad Pitt came out and said, our president doesn't seem like Hitler to me, I don't understand what anyone was ever talking about. That would be devastating for his career. He would not get a million opportunities that come his way right now. Now, and that's the reason that Brad Pitt goes up on the Oscars last year and bad mouths, uh, the president and uh, suggests that uh, John Bolton, who's the biggest war hawk, warmonger that uh, conservatives have had in a long time, they suggest Bolton is a hero in some way because he's going against the president. And now the Hollywood left and John Bolton are on the same side. I don't think so. They're doing this because they hate, they have a common enemy. And not even John Bolton would say, oh, yeah, me and Hollywood are against against the president. It would just be Hollywood that says that whenever they can possibly, uh, you know, have some little new thing to say about how terrible it is, what what, you know, this other political view is. They do this because it gets them jobs and because they're vapid human beings for the most part. Uh, most actors don't have life experience or really any knowledge about how life is supposed to operate. These are people who have lucked in to at least probably 95% of them have lucked into their job. They were in the right place at the right time, the right type of movie that they heard about. They went in and gave an okay audition for it, and it happened to be the right type of character that they could match up with and then they become a star from this. You know, you look at something like um, Star Wars, the last three Star Wars movies, which have fans have been very um, split on. Daisy Ridley was going to be kind of the new, you know, young um, female Luke Skywalker. That was the idea here is here's the the heroine of the, the new series and um, – she's going to be the the hero here. Well, they told a story in which the character of Ray starts out as, you know, almost perfect in the first place. Uh and her story became one of look, women can do everything that Luke Skywalker could do. 
as a man, which is is biologically untrue, especially when it comes to combat, which Star Wars is all about these, you know, epic lightsaber battles and, you know, two two uh, adversaries that are fighting each other and literally trying to force each other's lightsabers into the other one. You know, you can see the pictures in your head because the marketing has been so strong of that. It is a physical uh, film and and it contains violence. It's stylized. It's fantasy violence, but it's violence. And it's about brute force and physical activity. And that's where the entertainment of Star Wars comes in. It's these battles between good and evil. Okay. I'm sorry, but a 22-year-old – how old is Daisy Ridley? A, a young 20-something uh, girl who weighs, what, maybe 120 pounds is going to come nowhere close to beating a you know 250-pound – trained stormtrooper in the star wars world you know it, it it doesn't it's impossible uh this is someone who's been trained their entire life now this is star wars this is still in the fantasy realm okay it's not that big a deal we can let it go we bring that to what's happening right now in 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 action films these are intended to tell empowering stories about women now, most of the ones that have been successful, like Wonder Woman, are uh, clearly relying on fantasy elements uh, to be able to to demonstrate that you know women can do everything that a man can do. Okay, whatever. So I'm going to discount that stuff. Then you come to these you know films like uh, Atomic Blonde, where Charlize Theron is kicking the ass of every you know specialized SWAT team member in the film one by one and none of them have any chance. And it's all just about her kicking ass. And, you know, these long shots of her just killing, you know, 20, 20 of these people all at a time with her, uh, her, you know, super fast, super hard hitting, uh, you know, karate moves. I don't know if it's karate, but uh, martial arts moves. Okay. So you start to have this fantasy of the way that, a story uh, should be told in Hollywood. And that's the reason that it's extremely, I, I, I can think of very few examples. I can think of no examples of a male action star uh, that is in a Hollywood film that didn't exist, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. I'm not talking about the spinoffs, uh, the sequels to things. I'm talking about a new story about some new hero. They are not written for men. What is the reason that all of Hollywood's writers and producers and directors and everyone else involved in the process, what is the reason they don't want to tell a story about a male protagonist kicking ass. The reason is it's politically incorrect. It's politically incorrect for the people they work with. It's politically incorrect for uh, the media apparatus they rely on to distribute the marketing for these films. And they have decades of experience of all the, you know, flyover state middle America people giving in. And saying, okay, fine. I, I want to just go to the movies and get away from my job for a bit. I'm going to go watch this new movie that came out. And they all come out of this being like, okay, well, that was ridiculous, but whatever. It was a few hours of entertainment. And I got to spend some time with my you know, son or daughter or family. 
Okay. So for many, many years, conservatives, people on the right in general, have let this go, have largely said, okay, we'll give you that. Well, now we're getting to the point where Hollywood is changing dramatically. And uh, you, you saw it a few years ago. I mentioned Oscars So White, the trending hashtag that came about um, when uh, the majority of uh, categories had a majority of white people nominated. Okay, well, now, a few years later, and, and for the last couple of years, the Academy. And for those who don't know, the Oscars are run by an organization called the Academy of Motion Picture Science and something the academy of motion picture television and i don't i forget what it is it's it's an organization that runs that puts on the oscars each year and uh they are the ones that have been slammed for this so they've been changing their organization they've been outing uh ousting i should say people who are white and male and have been bringing in people who are not white and not male so seems pretty racist to me to be making that decision. Um, but that's what they've been doing for the last several years. Uh, additionally, this is an academy of people, uh, not meaning it's educational, but meaning it is composed of thousands and thousands of members. Everyone that wins an Oscar becomes part of the academy. But they also extend membership, and this includes voting rights on on all of the Oscars each year. It's voted on by all of these members. They also extend membership to people who are not qualified at all, but they're involved in the cinematography of some project that fits the right uh, political agenda. So let's say that you know you are a uh, African-American cinematographer who works on the television show um, Blackish, and um, the Academy could very easily offer that person voting rights in its organization in order to, even though it has nothing to do with movies, we're talking about a TV thing, that's the Emmys, not the Oscars, but the Academy, uh, the, the Oscars could very easily offer membership to that person in order to boost the perceived diversity of their membership. And I shouldn't even say perceived because as soon as they extend that and someone becomes a member, they're a member for life. It's no longer perceived. That, that is now the diversity of their membership. Okay, so for the last couple of years, they've been really um, bending the rules of what used to re be required to become a member of the academy. And instead, they've been offering membership to people who did a short film that may or may not have been uh, qualified for the Oscars anyway, that uh, did uh, music that wasn't nominated for the Oscars. Um, people involved in different areas of this uh, film and entertainment industry that has nothing to do with the Oscars itself. It's purely meant to drive up the diversity idea. And as a result, you have started to see um, a lot of the people that formerly were in the Oscars um, start to bend the knee to this idea that we, the bad people of the Oscar voting membership, it's our fault for not having an equal amount of African-American movies as 
Asian movies as LGBT movies as blockbuster movies. That's the idea is we're bad because we don't have the proper number of big movies. Now, beyond the fact that this is an industry that's built largely on how well the box office performs for a movie, so it suggests that, you know, the Academy has the ability to shape what movies people are watching, which is a dangerous thought in and of itself. But it's also started to create this uh, struggle between what qualifies as a best picture, let's say, the big award every year. What qualifies as a best picture film? And, and are there ways we can turn that into activism? And if you think I'm kidding, uh, this past week, the Academy released its new diversity rules. And there's a, a few problems with this, but let me just spell this out. Beginning in uh, uh, not next year, 2021, but in 2022, films that are trying to become a, a best picture, make a campaign for best picture, have to start turning in a inclusion form, an inclusion standard form, they call it. And um, they're going to have to do that for a couple years, basically spell out the mix of um, all the races of people that are involved, all of the sexual preferences, the uh, gender that they identify with, the physical disabilities or, or, or mental um, disabilities that they have. The idea is we need to have an entire log of all of the minorities of every type that you have on every film. That's the idea. Okay. So this starts out with, we need a log of all of, all of every kind. Okay. So that in and of itself, you can see how that would start to drive the majority white people in Hollywood out of Hollywood. Now it's not a huge majority because Los Angeles is a very diverse place in the first place. Um, and it's, uh, you know, has, has grown to basically be the entertainment capital of the world. So there are films and TV shows that are extremely popular in China. We'll talk about this in a future episode also, um, because Mulan has come under a lot of heat for taking, um, and thanking some areas of China that are that currently have concentration camps. And even in the credits, Disney thanks that district for their help in making Mulan. So there are some pretty big issues uh, that that have to be thought out here. It's going to take future episodes to really dive into Hollywood a little bit more. But the after two years of this new Oscars system in which you have to include a inclusion standard form. Well, in 2024, they will start requiring that you have to meet at least two of four standards. Okay. What does that mean? Well, there's four standards. Sta uh, and, and basically these are different categories of standards and, and there's subcategories of each standard too. These are, it, it's a little complicated to get into. So I'm going to try to keep it as streamlined as possible. There's standard A, which is considered the best standard B standard C and standard D. 
Okay. Now, standard D basically just means we are going to have people involved, you know, in the marketing department that are going to be women and, you know, Hispanic and black and, and LGBT and, you know, whatever, or people with other disabilities. Okay. So that means virtually nothing is standard D. That's one of the two criteria you have to meet. So I'll put it this way. If you don't meet at least uh, two of these uh, categories, then you are ineligible to be a best picture. So you can see how this would maybe be an issue if you're making Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan's film, and you want to be nominated for best picture. Well, none of your cast are going to be white or women. It's mostly white men fighting in a war in a, a, a period war drama. Okay. How do you get across that line? Well, that's where standard B comes in. Standard B says creative leadership and project team. So this is, these are those departments we were talking about. It's your cinematographer, it's your uh, music composer, it's costume designer, director, editor, hairstylist, makeup artist, producer. Uh, this list of all these different categories, including the writer. They must be a woman, a racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ+, the wording of this, or people with cognitive or physical disabilities. Okay, so... We got to have at least at least one of those types of people involved in this. Okay. Uh, then other categories, uh, other key roles, at least six other crew and technical positions, excluding production assistants, that's like the interns of this industry, uh, must be from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. Underrepresented is making its way into the wording of who qualifies as a best picture. The people involved in the story, in the movie, must be from an underrepresented community. Okay. Overall crew composition. At least 30% of the film's crew is from the following up underrepresented groups. Women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ+, people with cognitive dis or physical disabilities, or who are deaf or hard of hearing. Okay. That's standard B. Basically means your crew needs to be uh, diverse and get rid of the white people and specifically the white men who are uh, on your film crew. Standard C. Okay, so one, let's, let's hope that Christopher Nolan is able to reach that. Now, there's a whole other side of this, which is these rules don't even go into effect for two years. So great job, Hollywood, in, in really making this a priority. And two, some of these categories are ridiculous. And they're going to, mark my words, they will start to get pushback from uh, the real progressive lefty types in Hollywood. They're going to say at least 30% of the film's crew is not enough. That has to be 50%. Or it has to be no less than representative of uh, the city that it's in, you know, which would largely mean you need to have um, in Los Angeles, 50% of the crew would have to be Latino. Okay, standard C. So hopefully Christopher Nolan has a very diverse film crew that will meet this. And in all likelihood, most films do. 
but let's hope. Otherwise, they're disqualified. Standard C, industry access and opportunities. Now, this is maybe the most nefarious in the way the wording is, is put together here. Uh, to achieve standard C, the film must meet both criteria below. Okay, here's the two criteria. One, paid apprenticeship and intern opportunities. What does this mean? It means you have to pay your interns that are from the following underrepresented groups. Women, Rachel, uh, same groups. Uh, if you're if you're quote unquote diverse, you must have a paid internship. In addition, those people have to have substantive job experience and be inclusive of underrepresented groups. Oh, okay. Same things. List all the different uh, departments that those uh, diverse people need to be in. Okay, so one, you have to pay diverse people to be part of the crew. Two, now that's required. That's required to meet this criteria. Two, training opportunities and skill development. Now this says the film's production, distribution, and or financing company must offer training or work opportunities for below-the-line skill development to people from the following groups. This is saying not people who are working on the film itself, but you have to offer, hey, people that work on the film, you have to offer these people the education to be able to work on future films. This has nothing to do with the film. So these are the new Oscar standards um, that will uh, not go into effect next year because we would hate for any of the Hollywood people to have to face repercussions. But in two years, it's going to do that. They're releasing it now, so they get their nice uh, positive response. And um, and then in 2022, it will start. And in 2024, two years after that, it's going to have to meet these criterias or else your film is definitely not the best. That's it for right now. Zapper checking out. Talk to you guys later. Oh, wow.